welcome, welcome, welcome to the first episode, the pilot of the How Great Is Thou Art podcast. I told you guys I was doing it. I said it. And now we're here. So basically in this show, I'm going to be talking about all things art and its possible connections to the Bible. Some days, I will also be bringing on guests to talk about the tricks to the trade of freelancing. Now today's topic, what do Batman, Fantastic Four and X-Men have in common with a Jewish man? Today I'm going to talk about how pretty much all things superhero that you see today were created by Jewish men. I'll also be adding in a few unconfirmed theories about the relations between certain heroes and Bible characters. So let's get into this. Now we're going to take it back all the way to the 1930s, way before we were born, way before our parents were even born, well some of us. But anyway, there was a Jewish man named Max Gaines. And Gaines worked as a salesperson at Eastern Colour Printing, a company that printed Sunday newspaper comic strips. After working there for a bit, Gaines realised that if they were to package these comic strips together, they could create promotional publications. So with the blessing of his manager, Harry Wildenberg, Gaines produced Funnies on Parade, an eight-page newsprint magazine, reprinting several comic strips such as Joe Palooka, and Skippy. I don't know what any of those are, but I'm sure some of you do. (laughs) So although these weren't sold and they just acted as free promotional items to consumers, it actually became a huge success and they got print runs from 100,000 to up to 250,000. So I guess you could say they gained a lot from Max. (laughs) So anyway, later on, Gaines collaborated with Dell to publish what is known as the first ever American comic book, Famous Funnies Carnival Comics, which actually ran for about 218 issues, which is pretty, that's pretty massive. But Gaines wasn't the only one in the comic business at the time. In 1934, Major Malcolm Wheeler Nicholson, another Jewish man, formed National Allied Publications and they published the first American comic book with original material, New Fun. NAP wasn't the only company that Wheeler Nicholson owned though. He was also owner of Detective Comics Incorporation, DC Comics, formed in 1937 with his friend, well, I use the term friend lightly, Jake Leibowitz. I mean Jack. See, I can't even get his name right because he's a snake. And I'll tell you why. So after working together for about a year, Leibowitz kicked Wheeler Nicholson out and bought NAP, his private company. Now, if that's not a snake, I don't know what is. But wait, there's more. At the time, Leibowitz also owned a company with our old friend Max Gaines called All American Publications and he basically just brought that in to this combined company that he had. So Leibowitz was basically the Thanos of the Jewish comic community. (laughs) So now we're going to fast forward a bit 
I'll move on to the creation of the first action superhero, Superman. Superman was created by two teens from Cleveland, Ohio, Joe Schuster and Jerry Siegel, both of whom were born from Jewish immigrant parents. Now Siegel and Schuster had been developing the Superman character for years, hoping to sell it as a newspaper comic strip, but unfortunately they had no luck. After five years of no luck, they finally agreed to publish Superman in a comic book. So in 1938, they sold all their rights to Detective Comic Incorporations. Now, we all know who owned Detective Comic Incorporations at the time, so we know this is not gonna end well. Enter Thanos. Now, it wasn't as bad as I'm making it out to be. They were both employed as principal writers for the Superman comics at DC. However, they later regretted their decision after realizing how popular Superman became. Oh, but it gets worse. Enter Thanos again. So previously, Siegel had also submitted a story of a child version of Superman called Superboy, but DC rejected it, or so he thought. During his military service in Hawaii, Siegel found out from Schuster that DC actually published the Superboy story. Now because DC didn't actually buy it off Siegel, he wanted to sue them and it just didn't go too good. So they tried to sue them for the rights of Superboy, but not only that, they also tried to sue them for the rights of Superman because apparently they were being cheated out of merchandise and royalties from a Superman radio show. The conclusion of the trial was that Siegel and Schuster gave over the rights to Superman and Superboy for $94,000, which is a lot. But later on, Siegel got divorced to his wife and was only left with $29,000. Wow. I told you, Thanos is dangerous. So because I spent so much time on that story, I had to. It was juicy. I'm just gonna rush through the rest of the timeline. So, in 1971, Jacob Kutzberg and Stanley Lieber, known as Jack Kirby and Stanley to us, began the Marvel comics with the creation of the Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, Hulk, and many more. That wasn't meant to rhyme, but it did. In 1976, Chris Claremont created the X-Men series. And in 1978, the first graphic novel was created, A Contract with God by Will Eisner. Now a question that might be on your mind right now, besides what's for dinner, is that if all of this were created by Jewish people, why aren't there any Jewish superheroes or villains? And to answer your question, I don't know, maybe pasta, but also there are. <laughs> that was so bad. Yes it was. But yeah, there are Jewish superheroes out there. And villains, don't forget the villains. So Kitty Pride from the X-Men, you know the girl who could walk through walls, was actually modelled after an Israeli teenager, said by Clement, the creator himself. In some comic books you can also see her wearing the Star of David around her neck. The Flash, Barry Allen, is also Jewish, as we see in a 1988 comic where he is celebrating Hanukkah. In order to bring the sales back up of the X-Men because it was kind of falling in 1975, 
Claremont also rewrote the backstory of Magneto and turned him into a Holocaust survivor. And finally, my favourite one, The Thing is actually Jewish. <laughs> In 2002, you can see a comic where he's celebrating his late bar mitzvah. It's, it's actually kind of funny because he's wearing like the... Is it called a yarmulke? No, it's called a kippah, he's Josh. A it's, it's called a kippah. It's just this big, like, rock. But yeah, the thing was actually a metaphor for the Jews who were being discriminated because of their skin colour, which is quite interesting. Now, you may still be wondering, but why weren't the biggest characters overtly Jewish? Why wasn't Superman Jewish? Why wasn't Spider-Man going to the bodega and ordering a baconless egg and cheese on unleavened bread? Well, the reality is, America was pretty anti-Semitic at the time, with demands to exclude American Jews from American social, political and economical life. So in order to be accepted, the Jewish assimilated and adopted American aliases such as Stan Lee instead of Stanley Lieber and Jack Kutzberg changing to Jack Kirby. This would also explain why the biggest superheroes such as Superman, Batman, Spider-Man aren't overtly Jewish. This is also the reason why there were so many Jewish people working in the comic book industry. At the time, printing comic strips were seen as the lowest of the low. It was the cheapest job to get and it was new. So naturally all the Jews flocked towards that. Although it wasn't explicit, many resources that I read claimed that these characters that weren't overtly Jewish had hidden messages in them. Just like the Jewish, Superman was also immigrant, cast out from the planet Krypton. His name Ka'el in Hebrew actually means all is God. In fact, although not confirmed, some go as far as even to say that Superman was basically Moses. And if you look at their stories and compare them, it's not that far-fetched. If we go back to his name Ka'el, meaning all is God, some interpret that as the voice of God as well. And as we know with Moses, he was the voice of God to the Israelites at the time. By this, I don't mean they thought he was God, I mean that he would communicate God's messages to them. Moving on, his entire backstory is so similar to Moses, it's crazy. Superman was abandoned. Superman was sent off in a spaceship to a different family. Moses was sent off in a basket to a different family. Both of them were adopted by people that don't look anything like them and had to conform to a new society. I guess you could say Lex Luthor was like Pharaoh, but I feel like Lex Luthor was more in relation to the Jews during the 1930s. Because in the same way that he didn't like Superman and other aliens, you could say that was sort of like the anti-Semites who were afraid of Jewish people and like banking education. Okay, so some final thoughts by me. I thought it was quite interesting learning all of this. I was really surprised to know that every single superhero and villain was basically created by Jewish people. But it sort of makes sense. If you look at the whole superhero franchise today, you can see a lot of similarities it has to biblical stories. The Flash, sort of like Elijah, who outran a chariot with a horse in the rain in first kings samson who was like the hulk had incredible strength 
but I would say Samson is also like um, Black Widow sort of because he was able to kill an entire army using the jawbone <laughs> using the jawbone of a donkey that's crazy but he also had incredible strength he was able, he was able to pull down a whole building with people on it so I would say he's like the Hulk but sort of like Black Widow as well David you could say was like um, Hawkeye incredible accuracy knocked down Goliath with one shot these are just theories by the way they're not confirmed I'm not saying um, these biblical characters were exactly these heroes but they have the, they have quite a few similarities and that's what I'm pointing out but yeah even if we look at the Bible in a broader scale and we look at the superhero franchise in a broader scale we can still see similarities if you take every superhero movie what do they all have in common there's one man or one woman with supernatural ability that has a microcosm of humanity known as like a city in their hands and um, they make it their duty to protect that city and then the movie usually ends in them sacrificing their life in some way shape or form in order to protect the city granted they don't die well they don't tend to die but it's a lot like Jesus' story. Jesus came down, supernatural ability, one man sacrificing his life to save humanity. And if that's not enough, take a look at The Last Avengers, Avengers Endgame. What did Iron Man do? Exactly that. Saved humanity. One man saved humanity by dying so others could live. And it's not like Iron Man was the toughest there. Hulk could have destroyed him, Thor could have destroyed him. Thor was the god, but it was Iron Man that did it. Same way, same thing with Jesus saw. Jesus wasn't the strongest, well he was the strongest, but he didn't make himself to appear as the strongest. He just lived a regular life, he was a carpenter, and he sacrificed his life for all of us. Thank you Jesus. Can I get an Amen. But yes, guys, that's all we have time for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. And today's question is going to be, if you were a superhero, what would your power be? What would your name be? And what would your weakness be? I'm going to post that question on my story. You can follow me on Instagram at joshuaob.art. I'm going to post that question on my story and i want you guys to answer it and the next podcast i'm going to read out the best answers thank you guys all for listening the next podcast is going to be something big we're going to be talking about harry potter and the torah i know that sounds weird but just trust me on that one so again thank you guys for listening and have a blessed day